Welcome to this episode of Hoi Polloi, conversations with like-minded followers of Jesus. At Strong Tower Church in beautiful Casper, Wyoming, we believe that God uses ordinary men and women in extraordinary ways. We like to say real people on real journeys serving a real God. These are their stories. Back in action, got a table full of dancers. I'll move to my left. I'm Izzy. Ashley here. Raphael. T. Just finished watching a movie called The Finger of God. So The Finger of God is basically a documentary about a normal believer of God who starts realizing that the miraculous power of God is still quite alive, quite active, and he just wasn't privy to it. And not only is God's miracle power at work in and around the world, it's actually quite commonplace. When the movie first started, what is your first impression of gold teeth? Why? <laughs> I didn't understand the the miracle of gold teeth was. Yeah, just what, were they asking for it? Or I, I was kind of in the same situation, just kind of questioning myself. Then I was like, oh, they better not tell too many people. They'll probably get their teeth knocked out and stolen. <laughs> Dang, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was thinking more along the lines of, hmm, okay. So I wouldn't have picked that type of miracle, but, you know, it's still a miracle. That's that's great. That's awesome. Now their mouths won't hurt. Now they can, they can <laughs> spread the gospel. Maybe a little bit easier. Maybe, I don't know. You got to be childlike. You, you are, you're, you're judging. Why are you judging? Don't do it. I thought it was awesome to see, um, again, because I have seen, I have been witness, uh, in person and in real life to that miracle, that particular people receiving gold teeth. And it was one of those like, Lord, show us you're here, make yourself known. And uh, several of the kids in our youth group got gold teeth. Some, something kind of easy to fake. But then as you watch the uh, documentary unfold, you realize that these people aren't, they're not trying to make a name for themselves by having gold teeth. We would still not even know about them if he didn't put them in the DVD. Within the first 10 or 15 minutes of the film, we see gold teeth, gold dust, mana, gemstones that grow and multiply. What did you see that was the most profound? The mana. Seeing that was amazing because the Israelites survived off of that for you know the 40 years that they were wandering the desert and it manifested in the Bible. It was, it was mind-blowing. I want to taste it. Yeah, me too. I want to taste mana so bad. And it was cool they put it to the test. It actually has like some healing properties mm -hmm. to it. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So not only the miracle of getting mana from heaven, you you get the the healing properties along with it. Did it look like you imagined mana would look like? No. no I thought it looked like, it would be like salt crackers. I don't know. I thought it would be like biscuit flaky. <laughs> yeah, I always imagined it like sesame seeds. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like a like a cracker of some sort. I always kind of imagined it to be kind of like bready. I always thought it would look like oatmeal. We were all See wrong. That. It was the the manna for sure. It had me jumping like a kid. Like, oh my god, there's manna! I've never, had, I've always wanted to, I've always heard about it, but I never saw it. A, a second thing is just how big those gemstones were. They were huge. And even to know that uh, they had people who specialize in gemstones, and they have no idea what this this substance is that created this gemstone, and it's perfect. There's no imperfection in it. And it's just like they're sweeping that stuff off the streets of heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, ah, this is literally my, my golden road. It <laughs> off. I would say the, 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 the preacher, every time he preached, he had gold dust on him. Yeah. And you could see it. He was just sparkling. His face is sparkling away. 
and it was all over the Bibles. It was all over the people, the pastors. I think one of the most profound things to me was watching that guy that was homeless receive a healing. Uh, I just to to me there was another person before who he the guy had prayed for and um, he was on crutches and uh, he he walked better. But as soon as he was done like getting prayed for, he put those crutches back under his armpit. And the other guy, the homeless guy, he got prayed for and then he you know was testing it out and he was walking and and then running and what was so profound to me was if you have nothing then you receive like you have nothing to lose and he lived like that and he received a healing like that in the documentary it said that weird and normal are words that only make sense within a grid or a paradigm did seeing these recorded miracles change or shift your paradigm in any way? Mine shifted seeing all of the miracles that the children were doing. I know that the Bible says you have to be childlike and just seeing the children, they were fine with, you know, going up and putting, laying hands and praying for deaf people to hear. One was they, they prayed for a woman and she got a new heart and it was, it was amazing. So seeing that ordinary people and children who have no knowledge of the Bible. I know that's something that's, that makes me stumble. I can't, I can't do that because I don't, I don't know the Bible like I should, but these children just activated their faith and laid hands on people and prayed and normal people throughout that and making it a normal experience. So shifting that miraculous to an everyday occurrence. Yeah, it definitely changed the the, the way I, I view God. And they said it a couple of times as far as putting God in a box and seeing the weird, miraculous things like the gold teeth. You just realize, man, I don't know about God's miracles at all, like what he's capable of. You think you know. The thing that kind of hit home with me was their time in China, and there was just eight hours a day. And you, you come to find out that they didn't have a Bible, but they just wanted to, you know, cramp conditions, and it's probably hot, and they just want to listen to it. It touched my heart. It showed to me that I always held miracles and things like that. Oh, certain people can, these miracles will happen to them. And certain people can initiate these miracles within the people that are going to receive the miracles. And I never thought that I could possibly be the one to help further God's miracle towards someone. I always thought, oh, maybe I need to be like trained or maybe I need to read my Bible more. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I do need to do that. But then I saw they talked about a three-year-old child healing a woman who was blind and just went up to every single person who had bad eyesight within the church. I'm like, this three-year-old child doesn't know anything about the Bible. And they're creating miracles. So why can't I? I think that I was like, God wouldn't use me for that. It was a whole like, you know, worthiness thing. Like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not holy enough or I'm not enough. And I had to learn that it has absolutely nothing to do with me or the places I've been, or or what I've done, or, or anything I, anything me. And it was all just about having the boldness to ask God and let Jesus work, because that's, I haven't got the power, but God does. And so if I would just open myself to him, then he would use me because I'm an open vessel, not because I'm worthy, but because I'm open. God loves to take the least likely and the least qualified to confound the wise. What do you think of God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things? And after seeing this, do you yourselves want to be used in that way? 
Yes. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> of course, I would love to be used in that way. Before watching this movie, uh, similar to Tanya, what Tanya said, I felt that it was only people that were worthy of being able to be used in that way. And after seeing it, ordinary people, like you said, it's it's something that um, God uses. And I hope that he, he would use me. And I, I hope that I would step up to that because my biggest thing is I think I'm very shy and I just need to accept that, you know, I'm worthy of this and well, that I don't have to be worthy of this, I guess is the point. And I just have to be open to it and trust God. And I, I, I pray that I, I am able to perform miracles. Yeah, I, I think that ordinary people doing that kind of stuff, it encourages other ordinary people to do it because a lot of time people are like, oh, I don't have the anointing. I haven't fasted. I haven't been right with God. And it's just you know, like being a child, you believe anything's possible. You need to get out there, start healing people. It actually made me feel kind of convicted because it's like, oh, Lord, I it's been a while since I've gone out with that purpose in mind. Yeah, it's almost scary being able to be held accountable with this knowledge now. <laughs> mm-hmm. The kingdom is salvation. Like we, we talk about repenting and, and becoming saved. And we kind of think that's it. That's the picture of salvation. But salvation actually means to be healed, saved, and delivered. So it's not just about getting your ticket punched. It's not, it's not just about this one thing. Deliverance and healing are also included in salvation. Do you think that we've been missing out on the fullness of experiencing God by focusing solely on salvation as souls being saved, as important as that is. And that, you know, obviously the goal of a miracle is to get somebody born again. Yeah, I do. Um, especially like when there was one instance there, they were casting out evil spirits, and just infirmities and stuff. So it's, it's one thing doing healing, but then you got to spread the good news. And there's, there's other parts to it. I absolutely do believe that um, the church in the Western world is kind of lacking and it needs to kind of step up its game. I do th- think we're missing out. It's like we want two-thirds of salvation, but God intends for us to have the fullness of salvation. And I think in in the American church especially, we are medicated out of deliverance. So it's like, hey, we need deliverance from something and we go to the doctor and they go, oh, I've got a prescription for that. But that spirit still stays on us and we just medicate it to numb the pain and, and, and push it down rather than say, Lord, I open my heart or Lord, open their heart and deliver them from what's holding them. I think that they really go hand in hand because with the healing, you hear so much testimony and a lot of those people do get saved and countless other people get saved through them as well. And it's, it's just that that domino effect. So I think that if, if we're not tapping into that healing power, we're missing out on a lot of, of souls that could have been saved. A lot of people, their testimonies came from either being healed or seeing someone that they love being healed, and that brought them to God. And I believe that we are missing a lot of souls if we don't present that healing part as well. It's just a great reminder to just be level-headed. Like, we, we can do these things and we can have these things, 
We just need to not get weird about them. We need to stay grounded in the word of God. And that's what I loved about this movie is that these individuals weren't out to to be mainstream. They weren't out to be public. They were just like, hey, this is something God did. Check it out if you want. We're not trying to get rich or no one's carving out their teeth trying to sell their gold tooth. Nobody's trying to sell these gemstones. Nobody's trying to like pawn them off as something that they're not. They're just like, hey, this happened and here it is. You can check it out if you want to. Yeah. None of them sought self. None of them said, I did this. None of them said, hey, it's about me. They said, oh, look what God did for you. So you guys got to meet one of my heroes in the faith. Uh, his name is Jason Westerfield. He was unfazed when he prayed for that man and he wasn't healed the first time he prayed. What do you think about his refusal to be discouraged. I think it shows how strong his faith is. He knows that he can say, in Jesus' name, this is going to happen. And even if it it's not right in that second, he knows that the power of prayer will will get to that that miracle. His persistence, like he's seen it so many times. He's like, yeah, I've been there. I, I, I know I know it's going to happen. He expects it to happen. And I just like his boldness. He just gets down and prays and people are watching him. He's just like, whatever. It's me, the healing, and God. That's it. He has a mission. God gave him that mission, and he's going to finish that mission. I think one of the main reasons why Christians refuse to put themselves out there is because they're nervous about, well, what if I pray for this person and they don't get healed? What if I lay my hands on this person and nothing happens? What if I make a fool out of myself? The Holy Spirit is in prison within unbelieving believers. I think it means that we severely limit what we can do for God's kingdom because we put those constraints on the Holy Spirit. We don't really believe in the fact that I can go out and heal somebody. I can go out and do this miracle. So we're we're really limiting what the, the Holy Spirit can do through us. It's the fear that we feel as humans to not look like a fool, to not mess up, all those things. I want to try to be perfect. That's restricting the Holy Spirit. I like the way you put that with, with unbelieving believers. Like it's faith that pleases God and it's faith that the Lord works through. If we don't believe that what the word says is true, then yeah, Holy Spirit is restrained because we're his instruments. And so it's up to us to release uh, the name of Jesus and to release the blood of Jesus and, and allow Holy Spirit to just do what he does. But if we don't have the faith to step out, then how is he going to do his work? If I refuse to get my hands on people, then I've really put him in a box. It's like a wild Mustang that has the whole countryside to roam around on. And you put him in this little horse pen because you want to pet it and tame it. The miracle is just a means to meet the invisible God. Do you think we need to actively seek the training and opportunity to release the miraculous? I don't think so. Um, I, I think we use that as an excuse not to do it. But to honestly reflect on it, I, we, we don't need any specific training. We've seen that throughout the movie where these three-year-olds are going and healing people. We, we don't need any training. We just need faith, and we need to step out on it. Yeah, we got a lot of baggage that we need to put aside and just put aside what we think we know. You'll get the training through yeah. your faith. And you might fall a couple times. but You'll get back up again, and you'll back up. do it again. God is alive. He's active. He's moving. He's doing it all around the world. Why don't we hear about it? Because the enemy doesn't want you to. Yeah, and we just don't expect it here. 
like those people over there, they kind of expect it because they see it. And there's a lot of them are seeing it. I've never witnessed a miracle 40 years old. So, I mean, that's pretty sad. But like, then again, I expect one, you know, a miracle and I know God can do it, but I just, there's not a lot of people reaching out in faith, going out there and be like, Hey, watch this. I also think there's a lot of disbelief in, in the miracles that people have either seen or heard and they are not passing along that message either. It's happening, but people are getting talked out of talking about it. And it's just unbelief. Just seems to come down again to the me, 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 that what if I make a fool of myself? What if they don't believe me? Like, who cares? God did this amazing thing and he should be glorified. The word tells us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And if our testimonies are not getting out, if we're not sharing those testimonies, then the overcoming is not going to come through for us because we're not sharing that testimony. How did you feel when you saw the underground church in China? Joyful. I was super happy to see them because in that area, they could possibly be killed for living out their faith. They had a school that was teaching music. And so the government thinks, oh, they're just learning about music. But in reality, they're learning how to worship, how to become a preacher. Gives me so much joy to just think, oh my God, there's people out there who are spreading the gospel. I can do that. I I felt very disappointed in myself and how our church has become. I mean, they are going to church eight hours a day. They think a short service is four hours and we can barely make it through a 45 minute message just to see that how much, how much they love God and they just want to learn and they are truly persecuted over there. We have freedom of religion here. We could have all of that, but and without being persecuted by our government, and we we just take it for granted. Just exciting to see what's going on over there, especially when it's the government doesn't allow it, and then they just find ways, and it just glorifies God. It's like he's moving, and there's nothing can stop him. I think I felt convicted um, watching them, and, and just, gosh, they're just raw praise and desire and hunger to glorify God and to get some of his word and to just approach the throne and praise him. You know, they were bowing, they were crying, they were reaching out. Everything about their body language said, I need you. Everything about their body language says, I want you. You know, they were they were rejoicing, they were dancing. There was just so many different things happening in, in their expression of worship and in their expression of hunger. And I thought, oh Lord, curse my pride. <laughs> And help me pull that out. Just seeing their hunger for the word and and the Lord. And it it was very convicting. I love just looking at the scene of the church where people are just sprawled out on the floor and people are, you know, sitting, some are on chairs and some are on the ground. It's kind of how I have always envisioned our church where adults and children alike would, you know, they just find places to sit down and be comfortable and just so childlike sit crisscross applesauce right here next to the altar and listen for the word of the Lord and, and just enjoy his presence. And one of those church services was in a cave and they loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. What was a standout moment? Love with no obligation. We aren't here to judge. We're only here to love. Yeah, I would say just love, no no boundaries. It's an amazing thing when you can just tear down every barrier and just love, just love unconditionally. Faith without religion grows 
love. When the gypsy people scrounged up together $140, this is for the people that need it. They know what it is to need. And so they give so somebody else doesn't. They they have nothing. And they scrounged up this money for the needy people. Like they are the needy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know for Rafe and I, tithing was something that we we really struggled with at first. And we, we decided to test God on that tithe. And that's just giving money back that belongs to God. That's not even us giving it. That's that's returning it to him. And just to imagine that the quality of their homes, like everything, they, they could have used that money and they they chose to give it away. The, my favorite moment was when that guy got beat up. He got literally beat to death. And his first words out of his mouth when he was raised was forgive. And the whole church forgave him. And he was better. He was healed instantly. And then the coolest part is he went, he found that guy and gave him a hug and said, I forgive you. You know, talk to him about Jesus. And all of a sudden, that guy who beat him up, that murderer, is now a pastor. That's so awesome. Describe the movie in one word. Inspiring. Love. Convicting. Life-changing. Necessary. Okay, so the movie is called... The Finger of God, and it showcases God's miracle working power in America and around the globe. Let's go around the table. Scale of one to ten. Ten. Eight. Nine. Ten. I give it a ten. (laughs) (laughs) Content-wise, total ten, but there was so much motion. I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Finger of God, absolutely powerful, transformative, shaping movie. Uh, We hope that you all feel inspired to go out and watch it. These productions are made possible by the faithful and cheerful support of our family in Christ. May the Lord bless you richly. Thanks for joining us. If you know someone who would enjoy what you just heard, please pass this along. You can find an archive of our messages and relevant teaching on YouTube by typing Strong Tower Casper in the search bar. 